So I like hiring engineers with no experience in marketing because, you know, or med- I actually hired a doctor for one client. He literally was a medical doctor in the Philippines that was making more as a VA than he was as a doctor. Welcome to Pipelineology, the business to business podcast for agencies, consultants, coaches, and businesses looking to build a pipeline of hot prospects ready to buy their products and services. Never wonder where your next client is coming from. To learn more about our strategies, services, and for resources on building your sales pipeline, visit Pipelineology.com. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Pipelineology podcast. This is Gary Ruplinger and today I am pleased to be joined by AJ Crawford from Gerson & Associates. AJ, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I am I'm glad you're able to make some time in your day to, to come talk about uh, virtual assistance. Uh, but before we get into that, but could you tell us just a little bit about your background, some of your story and kind of how you how you got here? Yeah, so I have uh, about eight years of sales experience, um, a deep background in debate, believe it or not, and then recently finished a marketing degree and have been working. Uh, in the marketing field. I say debate because uh, interestingly enough, I use my debate background more than my my marketing degree uh, for my day-to-day job helping startups at a small agency. Um, persuasion, you know, doesn't, doesn't change um, a lot depending on the field. Psychology stays the same. So, uh, so yeah, so that's my background. And as part of working with startups, um, I got allotted to VA recruiting because most startups we work with have very limited budgets and lots of tasks. So outsourcing became kind of a natural extension of that. Um, and I've developed a, a bit of a side business doing that as I realized that it's really uh, a powerful tool to build out your your startup or build out your small business. And you can get um, a lot, you know, a lot of really loyal, hardworking people from abroad for just much better, you know, much better costs uh, than you can in the United States. I think that probably kind of leads right into my first question then on, on virtual assistance, which is, what are some of the benefits? Why do you want one? I know you've, you've covered some of the big ones right there. Is that loyal people who, loyal, hardworking people who cost less than, um, at least if you're in, in the United States or Europe, a whole lot you know, less, uh, less cost? So typically people get into the VA business due to cost, um, but I've actually found in the long run that's not even the, the biggest benefit. I would say the the biggest benefit of long-term hiring a VA, especially if you're planning on training and investing time and resources into them, is retention and turnover. Um, I actually put that even above cost because as much as having a VA that's, you know, half or less the cost of an equivalent in the United States is good, um, in the profession I'm in, it might take one, two, even three years of investment and time an effort to teach someone a lot of the really advanced, really specific aspects of automation marketing. And oftentimes with clients, having someone who's mastered their workflows takes so much of a resource investment in terms of training that the cost to rehire and train someone from scratch is in some ways more expensive um, than just hiring a new person. And I find that hiring someone in the United States, it's really hard to get someone you know, at a lower level, especially in terms of pay that you can keep long-term. So either you're having to pay them exponentially more money um, or you're just facing turnover in the United States. It's a lot higher in general as people look for better and greater opportunities. So I think retention is probably the biggest advantage. The second one, obviously, um, and also a big one is cost. In the Philippines, uh, I can hire a VA starting anywhere from five to $800 a month. 
And from there, you know, if I go up to 11 or even 1500 a month, I can get a really, really skilled, highly experienced person um, that you just, you know, couldn't compare with the United States. And then the final advantage I say is work ethic. Uh, they tend to be really hardworking in the Philippines. Um, a lot of them are really loyal. So you get loyalty, you get hard work ethic. And if you know how to train and coach VAs and you're familiar with the, the cultural differences, um, it's, it's really not that difficult to train um, and manage VAs abroad if you have the right system in place. Well, I, I appreciate that. So you kind of mentioned it, and I know one of the big objections I think people have is, is, is the pay. Um, so if you're paying somebody five to $800 a month, should you should you feel bad about that? Is that like a poverty wage, or are you, or is this actually a good a good job to have in the Philippines? An engineer in the Philippines can expect to make oftentimes three to five hundred dollars a month. Um, and if you're looking at management level positions in the Philippines, management level positions can be seven eight hundred a month. So at eight hundred dollars a month, you're solid middle class. You know, at eleven or twelve hundred, you're you know upper middle class. So if you're paying, you know, especially if you're looking at management level, if you're paying over a thousand dollars, that's really good money. Um, one thing I would caution against is uh, don't lowball based off of other offers in the Philippines. So don't try to like you might be able to hire someone for three or four hundred, but the extra mileage you get for that couple hundred bucks is more than worth the difference. And at between five and eight hundred dollars, that's a very good solid living wage in the Philippines. You know, that'd be equivalent to like you know twenty dollars an hour here. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I know. I know. Like, I know the first time I hired one too, I had that kind of same feeling of, um, is this is this even a fair amount to pay somebody? Um, so, I appreciate I think the, you. The biggest lesson is, uh, I think one of the things I've learned is, even if you start off low, make sure you leave room for promotions. One of the things that I've found really engenders loyalty, again, similar to what you'd find in the United States, is if you're hiring someone that you want for the long term, plan on giving them maybe a little pay bump every six months. So start them off at five or 600 and then add 50 to $100 a month every six months to a year. And that, knowing that they're consistently making more money, really helps you know double down on the loyalty, especially because uh, there's a huge difference in value between a trained VA, especially trained by the United States and an untrained one. So if you pull someone in at five to 600 who you train from scratch in a year or two, if you don't, aren't careful, they could go to another American, you know, VA job and easily make 800 or more using the experience you gave them. So that's why you want to make sure, you know, you build in uh, different systems to keep them loyal. Think of it just like in the United States. How do you attract and retain talent? I think the biggest mistake a lot of people make is they treat VAs differently than the U.S. workforce. If you accept that you're paying them a much better wage, you know, than it would be in the United States, but then you also accept that they're human, you know, and because of that, you give them promotion opportunities, you treat them well, you commend them, all the things you'd expect to retain talent in the United States. Uh, the difference in the Philippines is you'll get an oftentimes two to three times the mileage out of that praise and out of that training. But if you forget to do that, oftentimes you'll have similar issues with turnover that you would with any company, because at the end of the day, people are people and you need to treat them uh, appropriately. Okay, excellent. I know you kind of touched on this. So what are some of the cultural differences, I guess, for for the purpose of this uh, interview, let's just focus on the Philippines. Um, so that way we can kind of understand because I, otherwise I think it'll get really confusing if we try to include India and Pakistan and Argentina and all those. So but from Philippines versus the United States, what are some of the some of the big ones that you should be aware of? Yeah, and briefly, I'll say, uh, depending on your specialty, different nations work. I, I almost exclusively hire Philippines because they tend to have one of the best 
uh, English speaking populations. So if your concern is having someone who speaks English fluently, Philippines has really good universities for teaching English. So they have a very large, well-educated pipeline. There's a lot of call centers there. So you're often able to hire people from Verizon or other call centers that are experienced with customer service and have a really good baseline of training. Um, that said, in the Philippines, the biggest cultural differences, uh, number one is they tend to be much more respectful of authority and also much more timid. So you have to be really careful uh, in how you how you talk to them and how you approach especially punishment um, because uh, what would in the United States be just a normal reprimand in the Philippines might be taken much more harshly. And the biggest problem that people often face uh, if they don't know how to manage, you know, Filipino VA is they can see ghosting or have them, you know, not communicate or try to hide things because they're afraid of being punished. So one of the biggest things you need to do when hiring a Filipino VA is really build a sense of trust, especially concerning errors. You know, you want to learn to uh, not obviously not say errors are okay and fine, but learn to be really accepting and accommodating and understanding of human errors. Uh, so one of the first things I always recommend is train your VA um, to report errors to you and make sure they know that telling you about something is always way, way, way better, regardless of the mistake they made than not telling them. So you have to be really careful about how you reinforce punishment and make sure that you're trying to really do positive reinforcement over negative because negative reinforcement um, can really, uh, turn a VA off in the Philippines, much more so in the United States. So that's probably the biggest one. Uh, another culture aspect, uh, and this is a legal requirement in the Philippines, they have what's called the 13th month. Um, so if you hire a VA for a full year, it's law in the Philippines that on the last month of the year, you actually give them an extra bonus month salary. So if you're paying them $500 a month and you have them for a full year, you should expect to pay them $1,000 in December. Um, that's actually law in the Philippines once you've had someone for at least a year. If you only have them for six months, it doesn't necessarily apply. Um, that culturally in the Philippines is a big deal. Um, so it's important that you set aside that money just so you have that. Um, that said, they they tend to be really loyal. Uh, that's one thing I really like. It, Filipino culture really respects authority. Um, you know, it's very, uh, I don't want to say necessarily, there's a large... Uh, matriarch line as well. So it's not necessarily just patriarchal, but it's very respectful of management and leaders. So you tend to get VAs that are much more loyal uh, than I found um, than in other places. They, you know, really careful not to try to steal stuff. They, you know, aren't going to usually steal company secrets or things like that, especially if you, um, you know, build a sense of trust with them early on. Uh, but yeah, going back to the problems, I'd say like nine out of 10, the biggest issues that people I, I hire VAs for have is going down to the communication and making sure that they're um, using more praise than negative reinforcement. And they're being really careful about um, negative reinforcement so that it doesn't make the VA feel like they need to hide their errors or mistakes, because that's a big problem we have, you know, if, if they're not properly trained, is they're afraid of punishment or afraid they'll get fired immediately if you find out that they made a small mistake. That's very common in the Philippines too. They tend to have very authoritarian jobs oftentimes. So their culture is one of very harsh punishment. So one of the things you want to try and do early on is reinforce this idea that you'll be very accommodating if they're honest with you. Well, that's good to know. Um, I guess where where do you find these people? Or how, how do you find uh, uh, somebody who's looking for VA work? Great question. Um, so there's a lot of different job boards you can post on. 
Um, I, I can't necessarily reveal all the exact ones I like to use because some of that is my job secrets. But if you Google online Filipino job boards, there's a couple of really, really good ones that you'll find immediately. Um, they Most of the job boards tend to be pretty effective. If you post, you can get a lot of good candidates. Uh, the, the art is not necessarily the job board. The art in getting lots of applicants is in how you word your ad and what you're looking for. In terms of what you're looking for, if you're willing to train someone from scratch or you're looking for lower level tasks, the workforce is enormous. I, when I'm posting for an opening position, you know, even at five to $800 an hour, because oftentimes, again, going back to that modesty, they will undervalue their skills and they're more likely to apply for a lower. You know, I've actually found the higher paying jobs, we get a lot less applicants, even if the skill sets isn't high because they're afraid they aren't qualified. They'll just not skip out on it. So between $500 and $800 job applicants for base level skills, I'll get sometimes six to 800 applicants on a job. Six so I've to never 800? Had a Yes. Holy yes. cow. <laughs> and even, even, you know, even on a bad day, you can expect so many applicants, you know, anywhere from 50 to 150 that you don't have an issue with uh, people coming in and you have the luxury of being able to filter and, and really narrow it down. So it's pretty easy to find lower level um, hires as you move up the ladder in skills. So if you want to hire someone who, for example, is a copywriter or is a master of, um, of project management, much harder. You typically are going to pay in the order of, you know, 1500 all the way up to two to 3000. Um, part of the reason for that is if they're really skilled, they'll be on Upwork charging 20 to $30 an hour in US dollars because supply and demand once they know their skill value. So a lot of the top VAs in the Philippines, you know, if they can get 20 to $30 an Upwork an hour, why would they accept, you know, a thousand dollar job? So it becomes a lot trickier to hire people like that. Um, I actually typically recommend, especially if you're in it for the long haul, higher, lower skill level, but with really smart skills. So I like hiring engineers with no experience in marketing because, you know, or med I actually hired a doctor for one client. He literally was a medical doctor in the Philippines that was making more as a VA than he was as a doctor. Oh, wow. But because of his doctor background, he was an amazingly talented, very smart, very sharp hire. So I hire someone who has a demonstrated skill set in a different field that shows they can learn. And then teach them from scratch because one, you can hire them at a lower uh, cost. Two, it's a lot easier to find. And three, they're loyal because you're training them and you're investing in them, right? They tend to really respect, uh, they love being trained and a lot of them really value US training. So a lot of times the uh, offer of training and support is almost or more valuable than pay. So you can get, you know, if I offer $500 an hour and all the training they want, I might get a lot better applicants than $800 an hour throwing them in, you know, throwing them into the field and expecting them to figure it out. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's pretty easy to find uh, Filipino VAs if you go to the standard job boards. The main thing is just be really intentional with what you're looking for. And in your posts, the more you really emphasize support, human connection, you know, opportunities for advancement, the more you feel warm and inviting, just like you might do with a US post. And the more and the less it feels like I'm just giving you money and expecting the job to be done, the more applicants you'll receive. Okay. I guess that kind of leads into the, the next question then is in terms of what skills can you, I guess, reasonably expect people to have coming from some of these job boards? I know you've, you've kind of alluded to the fact that you could literally find doctors and engineers, but is there, um, other than say English proficiency in English, uh, what, what types of skills would they kind of essentially come with to be ready to before you need to start training? Yeah, um, 
I've had a really interesting journey here uh, because I've learned that there's some skills I don't even bother looking for because one, they're easy to train. And two, there's a lot of people that lie about them or don't really know what they say they know. Um, technical skills with specific apps, I have de-emphasized a lot. So like, you know, does someone know how to use uh, HubSpot? Does someone know how to use, um, you know, advanced marketing e email tools? Have they done a lot of LinkedIn automation or something like that? I've learned to not emphasize that as much because that's pretty easy to train. Um, skills that you always want to look for and that are common is, you know, familiar with Microsoft Office. Do they know how to use Google Suite? Microsoft Office, do they have good typing skills? So base level slick skills. Um, and then the second group of skills that's by far the most important, way more important than technical knowledge, is the human skills. You know, how good are they communicating? Um, you know, and even though this is not technically related to skills, do they have a good internet connection? Do they have fast internet? Are they reliable? Are they showing up on time? So what's their time management skills? I definitely test them in the interviews. Do they show up on time, right? Um, you know, sometimes I'll send them messages saying, please message me 15 minutes in advance. They don't realize that's part of the test. Are they punctual? So punctuality, things like that, I really look for. Uh, beyond that, if you're looking for specific skills, it tends to be easy to find someone who has like Trello experience, you know, some project management um, they all, they often are all trained in Google apps. Google analytics is pretty common, um, much harder to find skills, copywriting, especially I, I don't even usually look for copywriters in the Philippines because copywriting is, is one of those things where you can't, you know, you can't really get cheap copywriting. That's good. And depending on the value of the campaign, it's better to pay a lot more money. Um, in this case, as you know, like I, I, you know, we pay you and work with you a lot because I can't hire someone to do amazing copywriting and expect it to be better by paying less. You know, you kind of get what you pay for. So I wouldn't recommend in general hiring copywriters from the Philippines. Um, maybe you can get someone if you're paying top dollar and you get someone, but it's a lot harder to do. Um, beyond that, again, depending on your stuff, if you need someone to do, you know, setting appointments, general VA stuff, think, you know, a general assistant who's helping coordinate appointments and scheduling, that's really easy to find. Uh, general skill sets are pretty easy to find. Um, Salesforce is not too difficult to find. Um, but like I said, when you're looking, I, I made a mistake one time, a perfect story is I hired someone from Google. I actually hired a VA who had previously worked at Google and from a skill set standpoint, she was off the charts. She had every technical skill you can imagine. I fired her two weeks later because she didn't show up on time and she wasn't reliable. So one of the early lessons I learned in my you know, VA uh, outsourcing career is, you know, a lot of times soft skills and people skills and just general you know, reliability skills. Is their internet fast? Are they showing up on time? Do they have a ton of family commitments? You know, a lot of the stuff revolving around, can they be reliable? Are they coachable? Do they listen to you? Can you tell them something? And how do they react to um, criticism, right? Those skills are far more important in the long run than any technical skill because most VAs I've hired, I can have them trained in anywhere from two weeks to a month in technical know-how. And typically, like if like the doctor example, if I hire a guy who used to be, you know, who is going to be a surgeon, I can teach him how to use HubSpot in a week or two, and it's not an issue. It's like it's not very difficult. Uh, on the other hand, if I hire someone from Google who doesn't show up on time, all the technical skills in the world won't make her a more reliable asset. So I typically recommend, unless it's really specific. Um, and you really need someone with experience, it's better to hire someone with good people skills and soft skills and reliability and like a good background in a related field and then train them than it is to go looking just for that person who knows how to use HubSpot. And um, this is just kind of a quick aside, but as far as internet goes, is broadband pretty prevalent there? Are there certain 
areas you need to hire in to make sure that they're going to have high-speed, reliable internet to communicate with? Great question. This I've learned the hard way. Islands matter. Um, connections matter. Uh, I have so first off, Manila is always good. Manila tends to be one of the most reliable. Um, you're still intermittently going to have issues because one uh, downside of the Philippines is they have hurricanes. They have or typhoons, I guess they call them the Philippines. So they have typhoons, they have natural disasters. One of my VAs actually had a volcano explode um, <laughs> pretty close to her property. <laughs> oh my goodness. So uh, she had two feet of ash cover her house. And uh, just to give you an idea of the work ethic though, she worked straight through the volcano because she was just outside of the danger zone. And <laughs> while she had two feet of ash, she still get hit all of her goals for the week, didn't miss a beat with any <laughs> of her projects. And she had like 20 people in her house that were sheltering there because she was one of the outstanding <laughs> while she was doing all the work. And this wasn't on our end. Like I told her, take three days off you want. She's like, no, I want to keep working so I don't fall behind. And you know, so they tend to you tend to get really good hires if you if you do your research and due diligence. But uh, I would say Manila is the best place to focus. Um, outer islands, uh, do your research. I I actually have a VA in the Philippines who's my right hand who knows the islands ten times better than I do, and I've trained her in recruiting. So she pre-sources all my candidates and double checks the internet connections of the islands. Um, but a lot of times it's hit and miss, like one island, depending on which city in the island, some connections are better. So I could spend, you know, 20 minutes going into the specifics. But in general, the closer you are to Manila, the better, the farther from the main island, the more offshoot they are, the more unreliable it is. But ask them who their ISP provider is, ask them what their internet speed. Um, and I have them send me a screenshot of their uh, computer specs. So I have them actually pull up their computer specs and send it to me. Um, because that's that's a good way to prove do they actually have a reliable computer or is their computer 10 years old and barely functioning. Um, that's an easy filter you should use because if they don't have the hardware, you know, you could be looking at a huge upfront cost to get them the technical equipment they need. And that's hard to overcome. You know, if their computer is not there, spending $800 when you're paying them $800 a month to send them a computer isn't really practical. So having the right setup is a really important qualifier you should look for regardless of what type of position. So... In terms of like expectations, then from as from from their perspective, are they kind of is the for them is it pretty much where they're they're going to bring their own computer and hardware, but what I guess what are they expecting to get from you uh, other than I guess regular a regular paycheck? Yeah, in general, uh, most VAs I've hired don't expect to get hardware or set up from you. Like I typically reserve that for. Like uh, my VA, I got her a new computer, but it was only after she'd worked for me for six months. And I, you know, I knew that I was keeping her for the long haul. So I don't like to buy upfront equipment for them because who knows if, you know, usually the first month is still the trial period. So you don't want to, you know, invest in sending them something that isn't going to work. Plus getting anything to the Philippines hardware can be difficult, you know, shipping, getting it through, um, you know, customs. I've had stuff stolen at customs is really difficult. So unless you're really, really solid on someone, I don't recommend getting them hardware. They don't tend to expect that. Typically the biggest thing that they expect and the biggest thing you should be prepared to do is provide good training. Uh, best practice for training is recording sessions. The best way to teach them quickly is whatever task you want them to learn, record your screen with them doing it, have them ask questions, then send them recording so they can watch it multiple times. That's probably the most important thing is making sure you give them the time and resources to do their job. I'd also say don't expect a VA to do anything that you don't know how to do or you're setting yourself up for failure. Because if you tell the VA, I want you to do, you know, 100 contacts an hour, you set them up with something that you think is realistic, but you haven't done it yourself, 
and then they're going slow, but, it, but, you know, having not known how to do it, they could be working really efficiently, but because you don't know the task, you gave them unrealistic expectations. You're asking yourself to have high turnover because they're going to get frustrated. They won't hit their goals. They're going to get disillusioned and quit. Meanwhile, you think they're being lazy because you haven't done the task. So I highly stress, do not hire a VA for any task that you can't walk through or you don't have clear benchmarks for, um, because you can't expect to manage someone, you know, if you don't have any idea what the, the benchmarks are for their job. That's excellent. So I guess I'd like to yeah, kind of continue down this, this training path here in terms of how, how long does it really take or take to get a good flow going with the, with them? Uh, do you run into like time zone issues with doing the training? Do you do them? Do you do record? Do you kind of do pre-recorded stuff like uh, a loom videos or Camtasia to do training? Uh, or do you do them live like uh, live like this? I actually, uh, I, I do Zoom for all my training. Um, one thing I rec recommend is a good tool because if you're doing a lot of training, it's, you're going to run into bandwidth issues with uploading and saving it. And Google, um, Google only stores so much is I actually use YouTube. Um, so I recommend having a private YouTube channel where you upload all your videos. I use Zoom to record it, save it to my computer, upload it to YouTube. It takes a little bit, so there's you know a couple hour delay. But the cool thing is that I can set it to private on YouTube, so it's not publicly available, and I have practically unlimited storage space without having to pay a bunch of money. So I found YouTube is really good for storing videos if you're on a budget. Uh, obviously, if you have security concerns where, you know, because no matter what, Google retains some rights to use your stuff on YouTube. I haven't had any personal issues with it, but if you're really, you know, doing something like in healthcare or something really secure, you might want to have um, an independent drive. I wouldn't use Google Drive if you're really looking at security. I'd use something a little bit more secure in terms of a storage drive to store the videos. But yeah, I typically will record with Zoom, upload it to a space like YouTube or, um, you know, Dropbox, and then give the VA access to it from there. Okay. By the way, on that note, um, typically when you're hiring an expert firm, you know, like one of the biggest reasons people will hire me for VA is the secret sauce is really in the selecting and then the training. And I would emphasize the training more in the selection. Just like uh, if you have a good sales process, you're not as dependent on a good sales rep. If you have a really good training process, you will have great success with a VA. If you don't, I have a, a client who's been working with VAs for years and he hires an, hires an average of five to 10 depending on the position for every VA he keeps. So he has really high early turnover um, and he thinks that it's really hard to manage VAs. And all of it, when I actually sat down with him, all of it came down to his system. Once we had a good system in place and a good training setup, um, he's, I think in the last three years, he's hired 10 VAs and fired one. So, you know, 90% reduction in turnover just because he changed how he trained his VAs. So I would say that the more energy you put into having a good system for training the VAs, the better it'll be regardless of who you hire. And that's really where you want to spend your time and resources is really having a good training system. That's going to benefit you because then even if you know you get a bad VA or you have to fire someone, it's a lot easier to slot a new person in when you already have the training done. You know, My training is very quick and efficient now and I can have a VA up and running in two weeks to a month with minimal effort on my part because I have tons of videos and a huge library saved I can just plug them into. Also, you know, when you build a team of VAs, your VAs can train your VAs. So uh, it, it's kind of amazing how efficient my, my training process is when I have a VA who's already trained other VAs and have a library of videos. So once you build that training system for your company, it's a permanent resource that will continue yielding dividends down the road, even if you have turnover or have to hire someone new. 
So I guess that probably leads into the next, you know, part here. So if somebody is kind of looking to skip a lot of these steps where they don't have the, they know they need one, they don't have the bandwidth or time to train them themselves, you offer this as a service, correct? Yep. Um, that's one of my specialties. Um, I like to say that I'm about 50% less than the industry standard because, again, I have a very efficient process and it's it's a way where I make good money. The client saves a lot of money over existing firms. Um, one of the problems you'll face when you're looking at hiring a firm in general is most firms don't actually offer to recruit a VA. They offer to just be your VA resource. You pay them you know, a certain amount and then they manage the VA. Uh, if you're trying to hit the ground running and you don't have a lot of money, sometimes that's a better option just because having them manage the VA you know, can save you some time. But in the long run, you'll pay way more money because you're paying 50 to 150% more than whatever it costs to manage the VA just to have the firm there. So even if you save money in the short term in terms of resources and training, you know, in the long run, you pay way more. So I'll offer a one-time fee to hire, onboard, train a VA, and then one month later, you're good to go. Um, and you can keep training them from there. And then I'll help, you know, help the client set up their own training system. So I do you know, as deep as you want the rabbit hole to, to go in terms of training. I will say the one thing I won't do is if you have super technical stuff I that I don't know, I can't obviously train the VA, but I can show you how to build your own training modules to teach the VA whatever skills you want them to learn. So that's a service I offer as well. And I'll do everything from hiring and sourcing to training so that all you have to do is do your weekly meetings with them and you're good to go. And pay them, of course. <laughs> <laughs> are there, Actually, real quick, are there any tricks to paying them? Because uh, uh, is it is it something like you direct deposit money to them? Do you use special services, anything like that? Yes. Um, hold on, one sec. What is the service? I think they just changed the name. So give me one second. I'll get back to that. But yes, I actually recommend. There's a couple of services online uh, that are better than others for paying in the Philippines. Um, that's one tricky issue because you have to factor in um, currency conversions. So if you pay them in the United States, um, you know, they have to convert it to Filipinos dollars when you do it. And there's a couple different services online. What I don't recommend is PayPal, because even though PayPal was easy to set up, they charge enormous fees on the back end that oftentimes are invisible to you. So you pay way too much money to PayPal to get it to your VA. Well, cool. In the meantime, uh, while you're looking that up, if yeah. somebody is, does want to get in touch with you about uh, about having you do the recruiting and training, uh, how should they do so? Do you have a email? Should they stalk you on LinkedIn? Send you a carrier pigeon to to sunny San Diego, or just fly down and hang out till they find you? <laughs> yes. So I uh, so the easiest way to get a hold of me is just via email. AJ, uh, it's pretty simple. AJ at R. Uh, Gerson, G-E-R-S-O-N, associates.com. And feel free to put that in the, the message, you know, with the, with the podcast. But AJ at rgersonassociates.com is my email. Uh, fastest and easiest way to either get to me if you send me an email, I'll get back to you within a day or so typically. Um, yeah, and uh, R. Gerson Associates, that's the, the company I, I work for outside of just doing VA contracts. You can look them up, rgersonassociates.com. Um, they do all kinds of startup stuff. We do everything you can imagine for startups. And we've uh, the company I work with has you know, successfully helped about $70 billion worth of companies exits. You know, they're behind companies like TurboTax. One of them was a marketing director for TurboTax. Another was the you know, top marketer for Xerox back in the day. Uh, FedEx Kinkos. So they have some pretty big brand names in addition to, you know, countless smaller clients. 
um, that they've helped out grow. So we do all kinds of services there. Um, and I always do VA contracts um, independently as well. Well, sounds great. Well, AJ, thanks so much for taking the time to, to share with us today. Um, oh, I'll, uh, real quick, um, the name of that app, by the way, uh, I recommend TransferWise. So when you're looking to pay a VA, I did all the research for you to save you time. TransferWise has the lowest fees of any of the, the apps that I've used in the Philippines, and I've had the best success with TransferWise. That's T-R-A-N-S-F-E-R-W-I-S-E.com. All right, perfect. I'll make sure we put that in the show notes as well in case anybody's looking to use that service. We'll get your contact information there in case anybody wants to reach out to you and need some help with this stuff. AJ, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Really appreciate uh, you sharing all this with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, Gary, and take care. Thanks for listening to the Pipelineology podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and look forward to seeing you on the next one. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.